Well, hello, Fellowship family. Welcome to my home again. It's a cold day when we're recording this, and so I thought I'd do this next to the fireplace, not only to keep me warm, but hopefully if you get cold while you're watching this, you put your hands out and warm your hands on the flames. I mean, virtually. I mean, we're doing everything virtually now, aren't we? Okay. So at any rate, I want to invite you to our, um, our time in the Word now, and we're going to be talking about being faithful with our finances. And I know as soon as I talk about finances, heart rates go up, people get nervous. What, the, what does the church want? And, and what is this all about? And I just want to try to disarm you with a few statements. And the first one is this. Um, Fellowship Bible Church is not in a financial crisis. Thankfully, due to the generosity of our church family, we're meeting the needs of our ministry expenses right now. And that is a huge blessing. I'm so thankful for each of you who give faithfully to the Lord at Fellowship. We couldn't do what we're doing right now without your faithful giving. But what I'm saying here is it's, we're not going to put any guilt and shame. We're not going to say, oh, we're closing down if you don't give. We want this all to be the power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people to bring about change and the goodness of God and the gospel of God in our city and the world. And so this is not going to be something that we're going to hound you over. And far more than what we want from you, these principles are all about what we want for you. I think we all want to be generous. And so we want to call people into, what does it look like for me to be faithful? Not just want to be faithful, but to be faithful. And uh, by talking about it, we want to have some meaningful conversations about the rightful place of money and possessions in our lives. And I say that because there's so many conversations going around. You hear news feeds, you read Facebook posts, you hear the world saying, you need to buy this and you need to get this, and you need to accumulate this. And then there's even that internal voice that's saying, boy, you need this or you, you should have this or you won't have this or you're not going to have this. And it, there's a lot of voices going on around uh, and within you about finances. And we think the word of God needs to speak to it. God wants to talk to us about this. Jesus talked about it in his ministry. So this is a worthy conversation that if we just surrender to the voices of the world or even the, the voices within, we're giving up the opportunity for God to have lordship and leadership in our lives in this area. So we think it's meaningful and, and needed in our world today. And then as we go through this, we also want to equip you in some life-giving resources. And you heard in our announcements that Jonathan talked about uh, Financial Peace University, which is doing a condensed time that is a special, a special session of this. And nothing helps you talk about money and know about where you're at and, and help you make wise decisions with that, uh, your current income and, or, or your new adjusted income than Financial Peace University. Hundreds of people from Fellowship Bible Church have gone through this life-giving resource. I'd encourage you to sign up for that. Okay, so this first week, we're going to talk about a prayer, a prayer for our finances, and I'll explain that later. Next week, we'll talk about a vision for our finances. And then the third week, we'll talk about a direction for our finances. And so when it comes to money, uh, I just want to talk about and just ask you a question here. When it comes to money, this past week, what was your predominant emotion or thought that you had? I mean, that try as you did, it was just rising to the top of your mind or your heart, and it was overflowing into your perspective and even into your conversations. I want you to think about that word. Maybe it's a word or maybe it's a thought. Think about that word. If you could describe how you dealt with internally or what emotions you felt 
when it comes to money and during this crisis, what would it be? Some of us are in crisis, right? And so some of those emotions might be worry or fear or anxiety or frustration. Others of us are, are concerned. Many of us are concerned. We're unsettled. We're uncertain. Some of us are angry. I mean, I've seen people be angry during these times because it's a loss of income or a loss of job and they don't understand it and, and they feel really frustrated by it. And others are calm. They're common because for some reason they're balanced and they're trusting the Lord through this and they're thankful. Now, instead of being angry at those who are calm, let's just realize we as the body of Christ, we need each other, right? So those of us who are in crisis, we need people who are calm to come alongside of us. Those of us who are concerned, we, we need to come alongside of those who are calm or, or uh, have people who are calm come alongside of us and calm us down. And those of us who are calm need to speak to the other two. So we need each other. This isn't you're good if you're in one and you're not good if you're in the other. It's just where you're at. So I want you to take that emotion, wherever you're at, whether it's crisis or concerned or calm, and just write down that predominant emotion. And I'll just be open with you on, on me. As I looked at this, I've moved from concerned, highly concerned, to more calm now. And it's because I cheated and I went to the Bible before you and I prepared for this message. But what I'm saying is where I'm going to take us now in the word, it works. It moved me from being a little bit more anxious about money during this time, whether it's as a pastor in a church or as a father or a husband in my family to being a man who's more calm, knowing God is at work and he's moving in us. And so I'm going to work in progress. If I started earlier in the week, I'd be more concerned and I was more anxious and worried. But now I'm more trusting and I'm, I'm thankful for what God is doing and how he has blessed us. And so we're going to go to a, the word now and we're going to take that emotion. So just imagine that emotion and just taking it now to God's word. And if you have a Bible, let's open up to Psalm 145. Psalm 145, we're going to start in verse 13. Let's take a look at that. It says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds who are, all who are falling and rises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is gracious in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. So whether we're, we're in crisis or concerned or calm, the one thing we can do and our first step to this topic and to these realities facing you right now is to pray. We really believe this. We believe that prayer is not the least you can do. You may have heard that from a comment from someone who said, well, you know, what else can we do? Maybe, maybe we can pray, okay, as a last resort. Really in the scriptures, you see the opposite pattern. It's the first resort. It's the first impulse. It's the first opportunity because they believed prayer is the most we can do. And, and that's perhaps when you go through a financial crisis, maybe that's the biggest question you're facing is what are you going to do? And the real, the first answer needs to be, I'm going to pray. I'm going to go to the Lord because we believe prayer is the most 
you can do. Why do we believe that? I'll give you three reasons. The first one is this, is we believe that God listens and he speaks to us when we pray. We believe that when we go to God, he is there because he exists. And secondly, he cares. So he's going to listen, but he's also going to speak. And so when you come to prayer, think more about like a conversation than it would be, you would be a carry out order. Think about talking with God. Relationships always grow when they're speaking and listening. And if you just had a friend who just talked to you and never listened to you, you wouldn't have a deep relationship with that. And so when you come to God in prayer, remember, speak to him and listen to him. Second, second, God loves to give good gifts to his children who ask. We're going to go to Matthew chapter uh, seven, where it talks about a father loving his children. And if we're broken, evil fathers, and we know how to give good gifts to, to our children, then our heavenly father, how much more will he give to us who ask for good things? And by good things, I'm thinking about the goodness of God more than I am what you feel is best for you. And so many times we just say, God gives us this and give me this, give me that. And we aren't really thinking about the goodness of God. Our heavenly father loves good gifts. He loves to give us those good gifts. And we have the gospel, we have the goodness of God, and we have the gifts that God has given us. And so we, we need to think through those areas of his goodness. And finally, we pray because God shows us his perspective when we pray. And by perspective, I'm talking about his kingdom more than I am, just more of your personal property, okay? Personal property is such a big thing here in the United States. Uh, we love personal things, personal choice, personal rights, personal property, and really can get in the way of a follower of Jesus living for the kingdom of God. And so when we pray, even for our finances, even for money, remember the kingdom of God. God's going to show us more of that. We need that perspective when we do that. Okay, and so when we think about praying, I want to spend time now just unpacking Psalm 145, because it really shows us a whole picture of how to pray in the area of finances. And I know that many of you lost your jobs. Many of you have had a decrease in your income or your sales of which you have a commission out of. And things have radically changed. And if they haven't hit your budget now, they may hit your budget in future months. And so, by the way, as a church, we always want to help you do that. And one of the ways today we're going to help you is to teach you how to pray in the area of your finances. When you look at Psalm 145, it's, uh, it was almost like a hymn book to the people of Israel. They sang to God those words. They spoke to God those words. They spoke to each other, reminding each other of who God was. And so when we think about praying, it's literally having a conversation with God, listening and speaking. And so when we go to God's word, I just want to give you an illustration as, as I teach you how to do this. And I know, I know that this may sound cheesy, but I want you to work with me. And it involves just praying through um, an illustration with like every finger on one hand. Okay, so I'm going to try to give you a significance for each one of these fingers so that you can kind of use it as a grid for you. And it worked for me this week. I told you that I kind of moved from concern to calm um, by just repeating this practice each day this week. And the first one involves your thumb. And by that, when we come to God in prayer, 
One of the things we want to do is we want to recognize, we want to recognize the owner and the giver of everything and that he's good. You know, when you do a thumbs up, you know, a thumbs up, you're saying, good, I agree with this. That's what you're doing when you come to God in prayer, especially about your finances and your material things. Look at what Psalm 145 says. Let me just direct you back to verse 13, where it says, the Lord is faithful. The Lord upholds all who are falling, rises up, raises up those who are bowed down. He opens his hand. He satisfies the desire of every living thing. I mean, look at, look at the picture you get. You get a picture of God's hand in Psalm 145, open, giving you things. And you see a picture almost of us reaching out and receiving that from God. And so the Lord is good in all he does. He's righteous, right? He's near to all those who call on him. He fulfills us. He hears our cries, that last verse then, and saves us. He saves us. The Lord is good because the Lord is good. When you come to the Lord with, with, um, with prayer, in prayer, recognize who he is. The second figure is the figure of thanksgiving. And this one's important also. With this finger, this is the index finger, we point out things. And that's what I want you to do with this finger when you just pray through this practice. It's, it's you point out things in your life that you're grateful for. Usually crisis is all about scarcity and all about what you've lost. And so it's easy to get hung up on that. But think now, with this, with this uh, practice, think about everything you're thankful for. Maybe right now, just point out things around your room that you're thankful for. Point out to people who you're thankful for. And just do that right now. I'll give you a little practice to point out. And if I'm praying, that's what I'm doing. I'm pointing out, God, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my child. Thank you for... Uh, thank you for the health you've given me today. Thank you for the next breath you're going to give me. Thank you for the food you've, you've given, for, given me during this time. 